to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. Uh, coming to you live from the front seat of the car. Because uh, as I've been telling y'all, I don't know, man. It's post-pandemic, whatever, trying to get back to work and trying to do shows and get back to a regular schedule. I just haven't been having a lot of time, man. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize to y'all because... Of course, a fucking bus pulls up right beside me. Loud motherfucker. Um, nah, I didn't have time to lock in a guest. And I know last time I told y'all I was going to lock in a guest. And I tried to get a guest and I kind of fumbled it. And then maybe I asked my man a little late on that when it, you know, he had some other shit going on. So I couldn't get him. But. I'm trying to get to y'all every other Monday as I promised I would and get back on track, man. But, uh, whatever. I'm here right now and we just gonna rock out for an hour or so. I'll get all the shit off my chest. Uh, I think we could start in sports here. I watched my, I watched my paces yesterday. We, we took on Brooklyn. We took on Brooklyn and, uh, you know, we, uh, it was the last game of the season, so the last game of the season, so you know, you try not to believe anything too good or bad that happens on either side. It's just like, all right, whatever. That was the last game of the season. Cause I saw the Knicks last game of the season. Ob Toppin had 40, and uh, it was my man quickly went for 30, and everybody immediately is like, you gotta play the younger players. But I'm pretty sure Toronto. On their last game, they're going to the playoffs. And that last game, I think they sat all their starters. So it's like, that's not who you really are, man. Uh, it's like when a comedian does a bringer show. It's like, nah, it's usually harder than that, man. I'm glad you think it's that easy. But uh, they're not all going to be like that. Enjoy this one, though. But, uh, yeah, so... It was interesting yesterday. Like I said, we lost to Brooklyn, my Pacers. They said this only like the, uh, it's only like the, I think, first time in 20 years that we've had a pick that's going to be inside the top six. Which, like I said, last time I remember us having a pick this high, uh, Jonathan Bender. Jonathan Bender. We, we, we got him in a trade, the number five pick, I believe from Toronto and I think we traded him for Antonio Davis maybe which you know he was an all-star Antonio Davis for us so yeah but Jonathan Bender uh yeah we don't usually pick this high we got Halliburton now like I said uh Halliburton is a, a, a lanky Andre Miller type he's Andre Miller if Andre Miller had longer arms and was taller He's got this weird set shot that goes in. He he makes it. And, I mean, he does seem to make his teammates better. He just got him so late in the year. I'm not sure. Not sure if he influences winning and, 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 and you know, bringing over him and Hill. And I'm like, we got the fucking Indiana Kings going on over here that, you know, <laughs> they missed the playoffs too. And somebody's like, yeah, well, they haven't made the playoffs now. And I think. 
almost two decades or 16 years, I want to say. So since, since I was in high school, since we were playing PlayStation 2, NBA Streets, you know, so it's, it's like, I'm still not sure that was the best trade, you know, to get rid of an all-star, but we'll see next year. And like I said, I see Hill, he shoots a lot. That's what I see from him, that you're like, yeah, I don't know if we need you shooting this much. And I mean, he'll have these games where he, you know, shoots maybe 40%, but you go, yeah, but he had to take, you know, 27 shots to get it. And and he, you know, I don't know. I just feel like he's better in a in a reserve role or a uh, shooting less. Less from him is better. Because I think he can shoot you out of a game. But we'll see next year with the two of them. Maybe Miles Turner. We had fucking Ricky Rubio on our team, which just occurred to me yesterday that like we traded a 20 point score Karis LeVert for Ricky Rubio knowing he was hurt and wasn't going to play and it's like you know you're having a bad season when you trade for an injured motherfucker that you know ain't finna play but yeah man uh, what else I want to talk about here talking a little about sports before we get into comedy obviously uh if you haven't (laughs) speaking of brooklyn and the pacers played brooklyn yesterday and closed out the season they played in the barclays center if you haven't heard the news you live under a rock the big comedy news is that ti uh the rapper ti that we've been talking about on a few episodes here of the podcast he uh he bombed at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. You know, he was a part of Rip Michael's uh, April Fool's Comedy Jam. And, uh, you know, he was on there with some vets. Uh, who was he on there with? He was on there with, and I mean, I might jump around a little here because I started in sports, but uh, he was on there with um, Jacob Williams, who was on there. Nick Cannon was supposed to be there. I don't think he showed up. Eddie Griffin, Bruce Bruce, it was a big one. Uh, the, the Tony Roberts, there's a lot of people at the Barclays, so we're definitely gonna talk about that. And I guess before I get to, I get to Ti, <laughs> you know, Bob at the Barclays Center, we should go to the week that he was having anyway. Because again, and I assume you tapped into what goes on in comedy in the world of comedy if you're listening to me. Um, I guess three or four nights before that, there was this footage of T.I. that went viral. T.I. was doing an open mic down in Atlanta, which, you know, obviously King of the South that you go, well, he's at home. Uh, And got into an argument with this girl comedian. What is her name? Something Knight, I want to say. Lauren Knight, I believe. And, you know, she was running an open mic and I don't know what happened, you know. It's a lot of he say, she say. But it was interesting because obviously she brought up his um, you know, his allegations, these this silly stuff that people were saying last summer, which I don't pay anything to what people come on the internet and say because to me, I think people that are online are just jealous of everyone who's famous. So they have to come up with something like, you know, 
if you pay attention to Twitter, especially them, that it's like they're very like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, I guess overall, I just feel like um, I feel like instead of people just saying I'm jealous of insert entertainer here, what people try to do is say, oh, well, I could be rich and famous, too, or I wouldn't want to be rich and famous because Drake also is a groomer, you know, and it's grooming. Uh, what's the girl they always say? Because, you know, Billie Eilish or whatever, you know, he was texting her. And then you just saw a woman go, what, what is a 30 something year old man doing texting Billie Eilish and she's 16? And it's like, um, they're both Grammy award winning artists from Canada. Are you this stupid? Like, you know what I mean? It, and you, and you say, you know, I, I think a lot of the accusations and stuff are wrong. Just they undermine a lot of these women's intelligence because you say to yourself, well, if you're on the side of maturity and actual progression, then a man and woman can be friends or be business partners. It doesn't always have to be sexual. So these people, you know, if you jump out to say something sexual, Oh, well, it doesn't always have to be, but on their end, when it's time, you know, something as small as, you know, them probably texting each other about music. Oh, he's grooming her. And it's like, oh, cut it out. And I think there was something else, you know, with Drake and a, and a, and a minor, you know, him interacting with a fan. And I, I want to state very clearly that I don't, I don't entertain these people. I think they're stupid. So back to T.I., you know, there was some woman with let me touch fucking groupie that was yelling about, well, he, you know, him and his wife, we had a threesome and, you know, like they wouldn't get me a return flight unless I agreed to do drugs with them. And you go sound like you, you, uh, you know, sound like you need to start paying for your own flights and you wouldn't have these problems because I was just in Minnesota a couple weeks ago and if somebody said to me, hey, Phil, you have to stay here and do drugs with us and have sex with us, with me and my husband, or we won't get you a return trip home, I would just say, well, uh, Minnesota, it's been nice. And, uh, you know, all depends on how bad I want to sleep with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Indecent Proposal. You've seen the movie. Anyway, um, no, but all I'm saying is I would then just, I pay for my own flight, so I would then just go to the airport because I don't need you to buy me a fucking flight. So again, this woman's problems to me seem like they started from her not buying her own airplane tickets, you know, that it's like, buy your own fucking tickets then. Why? Do I now have to feel sorry for you, an adult who got flued out, as the expression goes, getting flued out? Uh, you know, why do I now have to care? Because you didn't got flued out and didn't bother to ask for a return trip, you know. So if you're gonna get flued out, as the kids say, then get make sure you got a round trip, you know. Make sure that confirmation number is already in your email. 
And, and, and then here's my other part. Let's stop acting like... Let's stop acting like people don't like sex with celebrities. And let's stop acting like people don't like drugs, you know? And like I said, for all this female empowerment that people want to talk about, it's like, dog, how come, you know, when it's... When it's whenever you decide we jump in between empowerment and, and abuse, and it's just like... We, we got to get away from that either. You know, how about some of this shit? I just ignore because you jumping back and forth, you know, sex with four dudes. You know, I could say, oh, that was empowerment. You know, now I could watch the tape and go, hey, this looks a certain way to me. You don't get to decide when a woman and it just is all too convenient and it's all too whiny, you know. I think this woman did this, you know, was messing with T.I. at the height of his fame, too. I didn't want to get. But yeah, I think it was at the height of T.I.'s fame, you know, back when ATL had just came out, which he's, I think I said before, he's one of the few rappers to have a number one album and a number one movie at the same time. So that's an interesting, you know, distinction. But anyway, so yeah, this girl at the open mic, you know, and you can Google T.I. versus comedian open mic, Lauren Knight or whatever, and um, you'll see, you know, he's yelling at her, then, you know, I think he went live, and here, here was my thing with that, and this, this is where I get annoyed with people, because people jumped, I felt like people switched sides on me. You know, people jump to, oh, well, he needs to learn how to take a joke. So you go, hold up, stop the train. Because last week, you know, we was talking about the Oscars and Chris Rock making a joke about Jada Pinkett. Unless you live under a rock, you didn't hear about that, which I'm not even going to bother to fill your ass in. If you don't know about the Oscars, slap her around the world by now. Anyway. So, yeah, you know, last week, last week, you know, it was, oh, well, you know, black women are off limits and you can't make jokes about a woman's hair. But this week, it's, oh, T.I. needs to learn how to take a joke. Now, let's be real, you know, in the streets, as the kids say. You know, I, I was on record last week saying I didn't really care that much about the slap. You know, it looked like two uncles that got into it at the barbecue. You know, one uncle says to the other, hey, keep my wife's name out your mouth. And we are all understand in the streets that that um that that is a thing. You know, you're not supposed to really be insulting nobody's wife or making no sort of jokes about her which like I said but like I said last week you know context matters this is the best comedian to me in the world you know and he is paid to come up here and tell a few jokes so by all means if one of those jokes so happens to be about your wife probably just stay seated now I understood and I excuse Will for having a human moment you know sometimes you know, we all get out in this world and we wear our armor and every now and then something pierces the armor and boom, you react like, okay, for myself, 
you know, we uh, recorded, I recorded another podcast with Avery Mason, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we did a, our first um, visual podcast, our first, what's the word I'm looking for, video, and um, we're in the studio, and, you know, all week, I think I was talking about how, you know, I kept having to be the bigger person in these parking situations where people were stealing my parking spots. And right in the middle of that, at some point, he starts talking about time and, oh, you're talking too much. And I blew the fuck up on him. And I mean, we, we, we've kissed and made up since, but but I blew the fuck up on him. Like, bro, what the fuck? Like, seriously? But it was, it was one of the moments like Will had where... You know, you put on your armor, your armor's thick, and, you, you know, everybody's shooting arrows and hitting you with axes, and then finally one day something just breaks that armor, and you, you have a human moment and go, nah, fuck that. So I understand it on that level. And as I said last week of, like, you know, I can never be more upset than the alleged victim, so if Chris Rock isn't upset and isn't pressing charges... And then I got to give him that, which I loved his response from stage of I'm not talking about it, eh? If that's what you came here to see, you're in the wrong place, which he's a consummate professional. And I also loved him. Uh, he addressed it very softly by just going, well, how was your weekend? You know, that's <laughs> the best way to address that because everyone saw it. So there is no asking him how his weekend was. Well, you saw how you think it is or was anyway. So, yeah, I'm, you know, you know, I was more on the side of, and I, and I want to be clear about this, too, because a lot of motherfuckers, they hear me, but they don't, they, they're not listening. My perspective, and you can go back and check the tape, because I got in an argument with a motherfucker about this last week. My perspective on it was, you know... I wish it didn't happen there. I wish it didn't happen at the Oscars in front of the world. I wish it happened backstage somewhere, you know, and then it would just be rumored. And the reason I say that is, and I think I said this last week, obviously Chris is the reason I started doing stand-up. Will is huge to me. But my perspective on it was to ask people, and me being, obviously this is the Tough Talk podcast, so I'm okay with a little bit of violence. I'm okay with somebody turning up. So, and I mean, we've ter- told the stories here. And rather you, you, you know, my perspective was, it was wrong mostly, but I understand. And Chris Rock said that himself about OJ. H- hilarious and bring the pain. You know, it wasn't right, but I understand. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it wasn't right, but I understood where Will was coming from. And I understood that Chris didn't have that information. So it was a misunderstanding more than anything. But the point I wanted to make was me saying last week on the pod, yo, you know, I really want to know how the people, the PC mob, the woke mob, the uh, the uh, SJW crowd jumped into that was perfectly okay. You go, wait. Why are you okay with violence all of a sudden? Now, I'm always all right with it. And I'll go as far as to say, well, that wasn't right. But but I'll laugh or I'll whatever with it because fuck it. But you, the person who gets upset if somebody says, 
you know, a certain word, which I'm trying to think of the dirty words and the forbidden words, which every two months they got a new word that want to tell you not to say, you know. So, yeah, how are you the person who's constantly upset about, you know, language and all this shit now? OK, with violence. So that was my point last week. Wait a minute. How did all the motherfuckers who want comedy censored like surely if you think a joke was too far you think a smack was too far so like i said i'm i'm more i was more on that side of yeah man okay so now with this uh lauren knight versus ti at an open mic i say to myself well hold on one is last week jokes weren't okay last week it was oh well you shouldn't be joking about Jada like that. And you shouldn't be talking about the black woman. And this week it's, oh, wait a minute. T.I. can't take a joke. So T.I. got to take a joke about, you know, a criminal allegation. Which, like I said, don't no motherfucker play like that. You, you accuse me of a crime, I'm turning up on your ass. I might flip some shit over. Because that's what ought to happen. And, you know, he's famous, so it's like, he's got famous problems, you know. Of course, the regular person, oh, well, ain't nobody ever accused me. Yeah, motherfucker, because you don't be nowhere and you ain't done nothing. But the second your name appear in the bright lights, people are going to start having something to say about you. And, you know, and it's not always sexual. Sometimes I think there was, with Chris Brown, you know, somebody tried to say he threw a chair at him, and it turns out, you know, Chris Brown, they checked the security cameras. He was gone two hours before that. So you go, yeah, man, I don't know when or if you got hit with a stool, but I wasn't nowhere near. And you go, that person that filed that lawsuit knew that. And then these, you know, entertainers, they have to go to court for these things. And, you know, they don't, even when they win the case, they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on lawyer fees. So, yeah, it's like, you you don't know what that's like. Don't get your ass up on no stage yelling about this man and his wife. And that's another thing where I'm like, morally, y'all hypocrites right now because he was defending the name of his wife, too. She had tiny name in her mouth. So, ultimately, it's like, relax on all that shit, dog. Let's, let's you know, let's pick a side. Either certain things is off limits or they're not you know but it can't be it's either neither it's either both or none so either you was offended both by what jada you know what chris said to jada or you was offended by what lauren said to ti and you felt like both went too far or neither of this shit went too far and motherfuckers need to learn to take a joke but it can't be both so pick a fucking side and stay there now, the side I'm on is the same side I was on last week that it's like, well, you know, Chris ain't mad and Chris ain't pressing charges, then neither am I. You know, shit happens out there. But I was on the side of, yeah, hey, man, you know, a little jokey joke. But then here's also the thing, and this is what pissed, was pissing me off. People started comparing the two and acting like this girl at a damn open mic you know, was on the same level as Chris, a master comedian, being paid at an event to roast the celebrities in the crowd. And I'm like, it's not the same, you know. 
an open a person at an open mic because I don't want to call her an open micer. That's an offensive term in our community. I don't know her and I wish her well. But, you know, to, <laughs> to you know, that's not the same thing. You know, at the Oscars, it's like you probably do your set at a fucking open mic. This is why people at, that do a lot of open mics don't grow. You know, I used to go to open mics here in the city and their sets would be about each other. And you go, yeah, man, you just killed in your little four minutes up here, but you didn't work on any actual material. So when you get to the show, you're going to bomb because nobody's going to know, you know, Frank or whoever the fuck you just wrote five minutes about here. So I'm glad you came to the open mic to fucking kill, but that ain't what it's for. You know, it's a little like football where they, you know, the scout team knows what the team is running and your job then is to just cover it not to blow it up it's like yeah you can get an interception because you know the play so this is literally sometimes at open mics is people you know getting a bunch of interceptions but you're not getting them because you're getting them because you know the play everybody in the room knows each other oh something something this guy got a dui boom Oh, that's why you and your wife, your girl, tiny. It's like, cut it out. Do your fucking set. And then, you know, people were saying, well, he was heckling her and all that stuff. And you go, who who am I to say whatever? And then, of course, he sillily went on. Sillily. I just made that word up. He went on. Uh, he went on. Uh, on Instagram live afterward to kind of clean up like hey this is what happened you know and he said you know i never called her no bitch and if y'all could prove to me <laughs> if you can find a t- video of misha calling her a bitch you know then i'll uh i'll uh give her a million dollars and of course stupid people are like oh he owed her a million dollars did and i mean if you watch the video of him saying bitch it's more of a southern People that ain't never lived in the South, which I lived in Georgia for eight years, so Valdosta, Georgia. Shouts out to all of them down there, still in the Peach State. Um, bitch is, you know, a term of endearment. Bitch is also a, um, you know, bitches can be has many uses down south. You know, it's a uh, subject, a verb, a noun. It's an adjective. It's all of them. So you really got to listen to the way people use it. The way he used it was no different than somebody saying motherfucker or whatever. You know, he's standing off stage, meaning he's in the crowd and she says something and he goes, bitch, more in the term of, you know, ain't this about a bitch because he does the head movement too, was to say, bitch, what? Like, you know, that's what you're saying. It's like, look, man. If you a person that think Chris Rock getting slapped was right, which like I said, I say it's wrong. I don't want Will arrested or no shit like that. I thought it was a little far for a joke. But again, him being a master comedian and this girl being whoever she is, you know, at whatever level she is. Like I said, I'm not at liberty to say that. I don't like, you know, want to insult somebody that I ain't never met. But anyway, um, you know, that's not the same thing. Like I said, the Oscars versus I'm just at an open mic and T.I. is there in the, you know, place of a comedian. He's not there in the crowd to be roasted. It's like, do your fucking set because that's what's going to help you. 
So anyway, if you think that him getting slapped was okay, which all these, you know, social justice warriors jumped up to say, then surely if he can be smacked, then she can be called a bitch. It's like, cut it the fuck out, you know? And that's assuming the worst, because like I said, to me, his bitch wasn't directed at nobody. He just kind of was in the crowd, was like, ain't that about a bitch? Bitch, what? Hold up. Like, that type of bitch. Not a, uh, fuck this dumbass bitch. But once he got to the stage, I mean, obviously he was upset. But he said his piece. Hey, hey, now, I, I don't play about that. And who would? Who in the fuck would play like that? So, again, it can't be, you know, can't nobody say nothing to a black woman. It's ultimately what it sounds like, you know. On one end, you got, you know, Chris Rock, a black man, making a joke about Jada. Oh, don't joke about black women. But but then now you got a black woman joking about a black man and his wife. And it's, oh, that was fine. What y'all tripping on? He need to learn to take a joke. So at a point, it's like, hold up, we can't. So black women can't, we can't make jokes about black women, but black women get to make all the jokes because this comedian was a black woman. So it's like, it looks like y'all just argue, like y'all want to be white women. That's how it looks. It looks like y'all want to be white women. That it's just like, why are y'all fighting really hard and being Karens out here, which we ain't going to call you Karens, we're going to call you Keisha's. You know, Karen's call the cops and the Keisha's call their cousins. It's like, come on, man. You, last week it was, don't be saying nothing about the black woman. Oh, Lord. We're the most unprotected. It's like you, the most unprotected. You know, Malcolm X said that quote, and then Malcolm X went and got his ass shot to death. And rest in peace, no disrespect to Malcolm X, but I'm just saying, every time black women want to, like, you know, it's the only quote from Malcolm X they ever bring up. And it's like, have you seen his wife? Have you been seen Betty Shabazz? You know, Meg the Stallion using it. It's like, you out here being Betty show ass. But then the second you finish twerking, it's time for, we're the least protected Lord. Somebody protect us. And it's like, last time I checked, Betty Shabazz lived well past Malcolm X. And, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, same thing. He got popped. You know, Coretta Scott King lived a long life. So it's like, cut it out with this least protected. And, you know, it was good to see Will protect his wife. Somebody got to protect the black woman. And then it comes right back to, you know, oh, this girl can just say anything she wants to T.I., and he's supposed to just sit there. And this is the other beef I had with comedians about this whole thing was, you know, a week ago it was, oh, T.I. needs to, you know, he's doing the Shaq Comedy All-Star and he's going after Godfrey and he needs to respect the game and respect the craft and, you know, he, he don't need to be doing Shaq All-Star and he need to be at an open mic. So then you see this footage of him at an open mic and you say to yourself, hey man, you know, hey man, you know, he's where you wanted him to go. He's at an open mic and now that's a problem. And you know, the weak ass comedians went as far as to even have a petition talking about 
uh, we got to keep T.I. out of our comedy community. He ain't respected the game. And I think they've deleted it since, which I, if you ask me for it, I'll probably still find it due to link and some screenshots of it that you just go, bro, what is this? Like, I thought we was the anti-cancel culture guys over here, you know, free speech and whatever. But here y'all with a whole damn petition. You know, talking about getting him out the game. And if to be clear, it's a lot of fucking open micers that a bunch of fucking open micers that, you know, are very upset that it's like, cut it out, cut it out. And I mean, I, I feel, I feel a little sorry for Tia cause you go, damn man, he, he doesn't have the privilege of anonymity. We're going to say. See, I said that very slowly because I wanted to get it right. And that's the word that he would use expeditiously and in anonymity expeditiously. Anyway, you know, he doesn't have the privilege of anonymity because he doesn't get to go on stage. You know, the second he walks out on stage, you know, people either love or hate him. Whereas I walk out on stage and a lot of people are probably neutral, you know. A lot of people in the crowd probably go, well, who is this little motherfucker? Let me see if he's funny, you know, whereas T.I. walks out on stage. People immediately kind of yay or nay, love or hate, you know. And I mean, I guess that's why a lot of actors, a lot of actors, they. um, Well, a lot of rich kids or celebrities kids will go into acting because there's a fourth wall. So there's someone there to prevent disaster. There's a director and a producer to coach you up a little. There's an acting coach, you know. You have all these middlemen or people in the middle to say, hey, a little less dramatic or can you be a little more dramatic in this scene? You know, there's coaching. Whereas in stand-up, there's none of that, you know. And there's no fourth wall. So in acting, there's a fourth wall in film. If you feel like the film is bad, you don't get to boo it. You know, you just go, I watched a movie last night and that shit was horrible. You know what I mean? So, and, you know, obviously Siskel and Ebert, there's reviews, there's Rotten Tomatoes now. But it's all behind the fourth wall, meaning, you know, you don't get to boo it live in action. Whereas, you know, T.I. is performing live and he's telling jokes live. So, you know, that's. You get immediate feedback from your joke and people will tell you whether or not they feel like it worked, you know, and especially for T.I. that, you know, you've seen him at the comedy store and you say, well, you know, the white audience, mostly at the comedy store, they're going to be polite if you suck, you know, give you a chance to grow, you know, get your, get your beak wet a little but you know T.I. went to the Barclays Center and as people were saying hey man maybe you don't need to start in arenas now he likes to say I'm not a comedian I'm a celebrity so of course people kind of was waiting on him to bomb and some of it was deserved it's like yeah man slow down that's all I would say for T.I. I can't knock somebody trying to do something different but like i said there's no fourth wall and slow down a little bit so obviously he jumped out here to the barclays center for the april fools comedy day jam and uh you know 
it didn't go well. And and that's the thing. Like I'm saying, he does not have the privilege of anonymity. And people were like, God damn, well, I thought he was getting ready to rap. And then he started doing this. And that's the thing, too. It's like all of us being comics, we're very tapped in. But people who haven't been paying attention to him, they don't know he's doing stand up. So it's like, hold up. Now you done did rubber band, man. Now, when you gonna do what you know about that? Hold up. What's all this in the middle? And that's the thing about rappers, too. <laughs> you know, rappers be trying to be funny on their skits, on their little skits on the album. And it's like, look, motherfucker, soon as them hits stop, uh, you quit being funny. That's the thing about it. So the context of them being funny, I think, gets lost. And then also, they do got a lot of yes men in their crews. You know, yes, man, I... T.I.'s road manager so of course I laugh at all his jokes because what type of relationship would we have if when he tried to be funny I just stared at him in the face and also that's not to say that you know some of these rappers aren't funny I think some of them do have a natural sense of humor but it all comes from the place that once I know you you're not T.I. anymore you're just you know my homeboy and who you cutting up and you said something genuinely that made me laugh and I think that does happen but I think the issue he's gonna have is just as I'm saying the audience doesn't have that relationship with him and I think even when he's in Atlanta he may experience some of that that maybe they don't view him as a celebrity they view him as you know Clifford Harris as we've been saying so when he goes up Maybe they are naturally laughing at what he's saying because he's an around-the-way guy, you know. He's from that city, and he's always present there. So they don't see him as a... But everywhere else, and like I said, especially in Brooklyn, they see him as, you know, a superstar. So they're like... And a rap superstar. So they're like, what the fuck is, you know, Mr. Rap, Mr. King of the South doing here, which I been joking you know why in the fuck does the king want to be a court jester you know why does the king want to be a court jester because you going when you watch this video of him being booed you go but why why is that what you want to have like you know it's so much other shit you could do and I mean he was acting so you go you, 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 you're a decent actor man like he's one of those actors where it's, I can't say he's great but I could certainly say like he wasn't messing up the movies or the shows that he was in cause there are some actors that you know are rappers that you know the second they come on screen they ruin the whole vibe of what's going on in the show you know what I mean but he was one of them that I would put more in the 50 category and the snoop category that he tends to kind of play himself or variations of himself, which he was in the Dolomite movie the other day. I was at a barbershop and Dolomite was on the one Eddie Murphy did and he played like an exec and he had this big afro on and it was just kind of funny. And You know, you go, oh, there's T.I. But you, you know, you go, oh, well, he, he did all right there. You know, he didn't stop the flow of the movies you know but like okay i think okay the the only thing i can remember that was similar to this was you know coming up early 2000s or whatever there was easy e's son little easy 
Lil Easy, I should say. He um he was rapping. And I think he quit. And I shouldn't say I think he quit. I know he quit. And I think at a point he did an interview and he kind of said, man, I can't tell if I'm actually good at this or y'all just love my father. You know, and you go, yeah, like, you know, when someone gets a tape and, you know, it's, you know, known that it's a little easy. I can't grade it correctly because I'm so in love with, you know, what what his father meant to music. And I'm saying, like, if I was an exec, you know, I would be so in love with what his father meant to music that, you know, maybe I can't grade this fairly. And I think that's what T.I. is going to go through. Like I said, on either side, you know, he may come out in Atlanta and they love him so much that they would never boo him based upon what he means to the city and means to rap music, you know what I mean? So they may be laughing very hard at everything he's saying. And then on the other side, you know, he goes into maybe somewhere that he, he doesn't have as much of a home court advantage, you know, in Brooklyn and half the arena, like I said, these being people that ain't following comedy as closely as we following it because we do comedy they don't even know he doing comedy and people that's not tapped in and didn't catch the open mic drama from earlier this week it's like I was telling somebody how y'all mad at him trying to ban him from a fucking open mic open mics are the punishment that everybody fucking deserves open mics are really the tie that bonds you know it's the tie that binds all of us, us Shut the fuck up, motherfuckers honking, trying to let this fucking person park. Piece of shit. Anyway, yeah, man. It's the tie that binds, meaning everyone's done it and everyone's experienced it. So, you know, we all have that same experience of coming up trying to be comics, trying to get comfortable on the mic. And I even experienced, you know, when I got here, of like, you know, it was a different experience, the mics, because where I'm from, Indianapolis, you know, when we did crackers, the open mic on a Tuesday, those was more like shows, you know, there was actual audience there. Once I got here, it started being all comics. You go, hold up. They tell my jokes to all comics and you go, yep. And so do the next person, you know. So it wasn't one of them of, you know, oh, I brought eight people to the open mic and they're really laughing it up for me on a Tuesday. It wasn't none of that. So I'm saying that to say that's what this looked more like in the uh, video. And <laughs> his security is there. So, you know, it's a little fucked up when you're doing an open mic and your security is there. You know, he's got this big, burly black dude. And I mean, is there another type of security guard? The motherfucker look like, remember Rob and Big from MTV? He looked like Big. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, you know, it's like, come on, bro. You said yourself two weeks ago, he don't need to be going after Godfrey, and he don't need to be doing this, and he don't need to be doing that. But yeah, so obviously Saturday, you know, that open mic drama happened middle of the week, you know, Tuesday, and in every uh, publication that follows rap from XXL to Complex to whoever. You know, put out this big headline of 
you know, T.I. at Open Mic, Comedian. I think they even ran the girl name a little bit, which, you know, like I was saying, I said, shit, this is really a double win for her, you know. All the publications are posting her name now and her handle and watching her Instagram videos and, you know, and then you got the comics who are, you know, doing what they do, which I shouldn't say the comics. Let me be real. The Open Mic Congregation is doing what they do open mic congregation is yelling you know oh my god we got to get justice for lauren this is so horrible it should never happen to anybody oh lord we got to get rid of ti lord and you go huh like ah i don't think it was that deep and as i told somebody i've seen way worse at a mic you know, there used to be a woman here in New York in the scene that she would come and get naked to the mics. And as I've told the story before, me being my horny self, at first I said, oh, a naked lady? Awesome. I, I can't wait to be at the mic. Next thing I know, probably like two months later, I finally was at a mic, bar 82 back in the day. And uh, yeah, she came and started getting naked, you know, paid her $5 to go up, start taking her clothes off, and it was an older blonde lady, looked like she was probably around 40, and she wasn't in bad shape, but it just was scary, because you go, why are you doing this, and then at some point, she started talking about how CPS took her kids away, and you go, well, damn, I guess they did, you, you had open mics getting naked, the fuck, so, <laughs> It's like, yo, start an OnlyFans page like everybody else. You ain't got to come down here and get naked. What is that about? Man, I was like, okay, I see what y'all talking about now. Shit is weird. Shit is definitely weird. So, yeah, you know. It's like T.I. belongs at an open mic. So, anyway, comes on up to New York and, of course, starts, you know, and you can go, like I said, hit your Googles and see the video where he's being booed, you know, and then somebody said, you know, it was a, uh, one of them where he got booed, but they also was cheering as he was leaving, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that's from the spectacle of, you know, seeing T.I. do comedy, and like I said, I'm sure Rip Michaels, who I, you know, he probably wouldn't know me from a can of paint if he saw me, but I used to see Rip up in Harlem all the time, I'm sure he would say, you know, yeah, that's why I put him on the show. I knew it was going to be a story. I knew it was going to get the rest of our names out here. Michael Blackson was on the show. You know, you, you know you're on the wrong show when, you know, they've got between Michael Blackson, who did he have, Tony Roberts, and even Rip Michael's been in the game a long time. But you got like 60 years of comedy experience amongst these guys that were booked on the show. And then you got T.I. here at four months that it's like, dog, I did a theater at two years. And I'll never forget, I bombed my ass off the Walker Theater in uh, Indianapolis, which I think Mike Epps just shot his Netflix special there, Indiana Mike. You, <laughs> you, uh, you know, I learned a lesson that it's like those theaters are you, you know, you can't really feel out the room. It's so big and being that, you know, you have to kind of account for saying your jokes and then letting it hit the 
back row and then the laughter bouncing back to you there's like a delay so you got to be really well prepped to do those shows and yeah whereas i think ti has you know definitely commanded a crowd before in an arena that big because he's done tours and stadiums and all sorts of shit doing comedy in an arena that big is different i went to see cat williams at the barclays you know a few years ago right after he got in that fight with that kid you know went to see him and uh you know i was a little intimidated by the room you go damn this is huge man you know a theater is like i said a pretty big gig for us you know what i mean and for myself so you go damn man you and yo you know third month doing comedy and you standing in an arena i dog like basically it was a setup for failure so it didn't surprise me you know and in the video it's funny because he's very atlanta you know you ever be at the goddamn gas station and goddamn and then you at the motherfucking gas station and goddamn you go down a goddamn street and make a goddamn turn and the motherfucker come down that street and say goddamn and you go bro how many times you gonna say goddamn and i mean i <laughs> especially in brooklyn they just looking like you know i i get in trouble in brooklyn you know i start talking to somebody will go hey wait a minute dog where in the fuck are you from and, you know my accent's a little bit of indiana and a little bit of georgia i think mixed together because when i go to indiana they go where in the fuck is that from and when i go to georgia they go what in the fuck accent is that so yeah man <laughs> they just was staring at him in brooklyn then started booing him and i go some of these people you know it's fucked up but that's what they came here for because again you know it'd be one thing if if you sold tickets to T.I.'s comedy show and just T.I. alone then people could come and obviously you're not gonna probably and I should say probably you're not gonna pay to see someone fail so if you brought those tickets and it was billed as T.I. doing comedy then you would probably will not boo because that's exactly what you paid to see right but if you put him on a flyer, I got did a very Bill Cosby. If you, you know, anyway, if you pay, you know, to see a comedy show, an April Fool's comedy show, and there is, give me four comedians' names. Give me Gary Owens, Mike Epps, and Lavelle Crawford on the bill. And then a rapper comes out, you kind of like, hey man, cool, but I didn't order rapper today. I ordered comedians. So, you know, a little bit of us all went, well, Rip Michaels knew the risk when he put his ass on the show. And you also go, but this is why he put him on the show. Now, there are clips of his April Fool's Comedy Day show floating around and inevitably somebody who you know negativity works and sometimes sometimes you know sometimes there's the idea of you know you know all press is good press so if you look at it from that standpoint it's like well shit rip michaels you know 
April Fool's Day comedy show now is on XXL and on give me all these different rap websites complex and you know it's in a bad manner but also someone saying I should go see a comedy show and let me say that to all the comedians you know people this week or last week the last few weeks you know talking about Will and Jada and what is and Chris Rock and what is and what ain't a joke it's all good for comedy people watching T.I. get booed and some people saying you know comedy's hard and it's like yeah oh that was the other funny thing somewhere during the mic and you know his back and forth with this girl Lauren or whatever he says comedy it ain't that hard man and she kind of yells out comedy's very fucking hard so people of course was delighted in the fact that this nigga <laughs> yelled out that it wasn't hard that hard and the comedy gods tapped him on the shoulder and said you're being booed tonight sir so so much for that comment of you know the shit ain't that hard man it's like uh turns out actually it's very hard or harder than you thought but uh yeah you know all of this is good for comedy ultimately it's like you know, let people say what they want to say or think what they want to think. What is, what ain't a joke. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, it's, you know, it works. Because, you know, we get to have these conversations of what is and what ain't comedy. You know, define these things. So, people are at least talking about jokes, you know. What is, what ain't an offensive joke? What should be said? And You know, there's negative Nancys that they're never going to buy a ticket to a comedy show. They're just going to tell you every joke is inappropriate. And you just got to ignore them. It's like they're not at our shows. Was at the comic strip last night and, you know, room full of 40, 45 people laughing. So ultimately, it's like, yeah, you're just one of these people that lives online. It's like if I just kept never going into an NBA game and saying, yo, you know, that's offensive, that move or everything. If you just being like, yo, everything they do out there is a travel and LeBron sucks and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, yeah, Phil, but you haven't bought any tickets to any arena. So you're not keeping us open. So why listen to Phil? You know, it's kind of a weird thing that people do because you go, and then that was some of the conversations, you know, people were getting into. Oh, well, the Kings of Comedy. Oh, well, this comedian and that one. And you go, y'all don't know any comics under 50. And that's a problem. You know, of course, you don't like, you know, Chris Rock or whoever, because you're an old idiot or a young idiot, you know, who doesn't have the context for who he is and what he does. But you know, look up some of these younger comics and get into that, not T.I. And that's the issue, that it takes T.I. to bring light to comedy. And yeah, it just, it just is annoying. Well, I've reached my destination. And that does it for the first half of this podcast or the middle portion, I should say. I'm going to come on and talk a little later and wrap this all up. But uh, thanks for listening. Like, share, subscribe, everybody. And uh coming back for to close this out
final thoughts. All right, uh, let's let's go ahead and finish this thing on out and get it up to the internet and let y'all pick it apart or save it for when you want to hate on your boy and I get a major TV show and you can get me canceled. You feel me? Uh, where was I last? Oh, we was last just kind of talking about T.I. and I know we done talked about it a few times on this podcast, but I guess in closing, I'll just say that he's from a world that's tougher than ours. I mean, he's from the rap world, so, you know, ain't no think pieces or nobody booing him really going to turn him away or deter him. I mean, he's in a gang where people get shot and just got to push on and they don't even say nothing about it. So never mind, you know, somebody saying a forbidden word be it bitch or whatever it may be. It's like, hey, the world he from, like I said, this man then got caught with guns and, you know, still out here reckless. Well, nah, that kind of calmed his ass down. Had him doing Crime Stoppers commercials. <laughs> Motherfuckers to do anything to stay out of jail, which I think just about being a called a snitch is probably the worst thing to him. Uh, snitch or a child molester. Those are the two things where motherfuckers don't want to be called or even uh as the girl got ti all fired up the other night about you know implying sexual crimes we'll just call it i don't like saying the r word it's not like the fcc is listening but the r word something about it man it's just you know one of them horrible words that when you hear it you know everything stops the music stops anyway so yeah it's like you know, booing them or signing up online petition. It's like, yo, that boy been shot at before, you know, and and didn't tell who done it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why a bunch of comedians, which is, you know, used to be one of the harder games, you know, out there, you know, when Pryor was doing coke and fighting his wife on every Saturday, you know, and when Sam Kennison was doing coke and well, I guess mainly we just did a bunch of drugs, but I'm just saying, like, we used to be way rougher and we used to kind of be on our worst behavior as comics, you know, read up about some of the things people did in the 70s, late 80s or whatever. And you'll be like, oh, so somebody telling a joke that I feel like should be forbidden or taking a mic at an open mic and coming on stage at an open mic to say, hey, don't say that about me. It's like, the least of all concerns, but yeah. So I was laughing earlier because I was thinking about T.I. signing Alpha Mega. He was more ashamed of signing Alpha Mega, who <laughs> turned out to be an informant or a snitch. Uh, he was more ashamed of that than he was getting booed. He just went on a live and was like, yeah, man, you know it happened. They really challenging me to be better. <laughs> them goddamn gas station seats and them goddamn seats be motherfucking heated, man. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe I add some audio to footage, but I'm sure y'all saw it. But um, what else I wanted to talk about? Well, it's Tuesday. Obviously, I started this yesterday and didn't finish it because I'm a procrastinator, but it's, it's coming to you, folks. Uh, fresh off the presses. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday in New York. You know, it's a beautiful day, kind of sunshiny. Not hot, but not cold either. But uh, the day was kind of ruined by uh, we had a shooting here in the city, which not a typical shooting, a shooting on the train, which all the madness that goes on in the subway down there, it's like certain things are tolerated. And then there's certain things that it's like a gun. Hey, come on, man. Like, 
you know, we expect certain things down here. Muggins, we expect people to get stabbed, slashed, whatever. But a gun like that, it feel like that's cheating. Like, that's the only thing that's damn near forbidden, you know. So it's like a gun. Hey, come on, man. And, you know, shot five people, which last week, if you live in New York, you know, in the Bronx, there was a shooting. And, you know, all this talk about ghost guns, which I had to actually Google myself because I was saying, what type of ghost got a gun? But then I realized a uh, ghost gun is just a gun that's untraceable. So there's no serial number. It's kind of self-manufactured, which, uh, yeah, that that was all the talk about the Bronx shooting, which I think it was three boys and one girl that got shot. And it was at a high school. So people are already upset. And all of this is happening while Mayor Adams uh, is sick with COVID. So which, you know, everybody's saying now with the. Five people or so that got shot and killed on the train this morning in Brooklyn that, you know, mayor's going to lock us down and he's been wanting to already. You know, he's an ex-cop and I mean, he's all about funding the police and trying to bring stop and frisk back. And I mean, I'll say for myself, you know, if you're a person who thinks January 6th shouldn't have happened or were mad at it, let me tell you, man, there's nobody that deserves to live in fear more than our politicians. And the reason I say that is, you know, these guns are out here on the streets and they haven't made any laws to protect us. You know, they keep beating around the bush with that. And I mean, we can go all the way back to Sandy Hook that it's like, bruh, you know, a motherfucker, in, especially in New York, you know, there's a chance that old silly saying that Trump had, what was it? Nothing beats a bad guy with a gun, like a good guy with a gun. There's a chance when you get out into Montana and, you know, New Mexico that maybe a good guy with a gun shows up. But mostly here in New York, being that the gun laws are so strict that no actual citizens can have them legally or illegally, that it really leaves the criminal free reign. So, yeah, you know, if you against January 6th, let me tell you this, them politicians for Sandy Hook and for. You know, the one shooting that happened out in, uh, was it Las Vegas, where the man shot up the country concert? Yep. Stephen Paddock. And when they shot those kids in Sandy Hook, it's like, man, they were elementaries. That's an elementary school. Like, if they don't change rules to protect kindergartners, then they don't give a fuck about nobody. In fact, the politicians, uh, the baseball game got shot up. It was like Republicans versus Democrats, a, uh baseball game and somebody shot that up and they still didn't change these laws so we're gonna see what mary adams does uh you know he 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 seems like he wants it to be 1997 again in the city you know that's when he was a cop in his glory years you know just bashing niggas over the head mostly and stopping and frisking them because we know who the suspect always is gonna be which never underestimate, you know, in the midst of a tragedy, people will rise up, you know, because five people got shot and I think died. But there are several more injured. And of course, it's in the one train station that the train, the cameras don't work because, you know, when some bullshit pop off in New York, I think it's a camera on like every corner. So even like remember when uh, what was my man that got punched? Fuck, I can't remember his name right now. Was it Rick Moranis? I believe Rick Moranis that was in Ghostbusters was walking on Central Park West, which is, you know, 8th Avenue, basically. And, uh, you know, in the mid somewhere, 70, 80 ish. And somebody punched him and that they had 
you know, good camera footage of this guy. And of course, they caught him within the day. So you go, you know, when minor shit happened, they always got camera footage. When my ass is hopping the turnstile, they got clear footage of that. But, you know, motherfucker come on the train and start letting off and nobody. And then you see, like, even Twitter got better footage than the damn cops do. So it's like, invest in some fucking cameras. Which, you know, Adams is going to put more cops on the street. And it's like, man, they, they're never around when you need them. And, they can, and, and, you know, it's a little unfair to try to say, like, you could predict the shooting. But just saying, they're a bit more busy catching people, hopping turnstiles or yelling at people for not wearing a mask than they are, you know, thwarting crime. Let's be clear. So, you know, the idea, you know, it's just more police, more, more police. And that's the thing, put people fought for. You, by saying defund the police all summer was like, hey, hey, let's think of new ways to fight some of this stuff because, you know, just more police and overtime for police, it ain't working, man. They're creating some of the damn crime that's out here. Let's be real. But then not only that, but then it's like I was saying, you know, these politicians, the January 6th Capitol riot, they deserve to have their desk flipped over. Live, live in the same field we live in, just walking out to the world, going to a country music concert or going, you know, to school, sending our kids to school. Like, cut it out. You're very protected. You got secret service and, you know, security around you and you never feel a fear. But, oh, we're going to keep these laws the same because we're making money and we're afraid of the NRA and taxes and whatever else. And, you know, it's all about the money and insurance and all that stuff. So, but it's like, it's, it's, it's nasty work, man. And I mean, never underestimate people's ability to make it all about themselves. Like I posted earlier on my Twitter and Facebook, this, this white lady pops out to say, Hey, Uber, why are you surge, you know, charging surge prices during a tragedy? And I mean, the prices was in the nineties or whatever, but you go, ma'am, Ma'am, people are dead. Like, cut it out. Never underestimate a white woman's ability to make some shit all about herself. That you go, people are dead. People are injured. We looking for answers. We don't have a suspect still. The cameras weren't working. And here you are whining about the price of an Uber. And, you know, just the entitlement of, of like, come on, man. Some things are more important than others. And, you know, Uber's busy responding and, Maybe I'm a little biased because I, I am a cabbie here in New York, have been for a few years now. But it's like, cut it the fuck out. Like, seriously, not only should somebody risk their life to come into a, you know, a uh, risky situation where people are being shot to pick you up. But they should also come in, not not only come and risk their life picking you up, but it should be for cheap. Like, cut it the fuck out. So th- that's the definition of entitlement. Oh, fucking white women, man. Step over your dead body. Then I, I need to speak to a manager. Ma'am, we got people who are bleeding. We'll, we'll get to your concerns a couple weeks from now when we got some damn answers. Back of the line, white lady. The fucking Karens, right? What's crazier than that, which Twitter is a fucking nut house. I go to Facebook. That's where the regular people who work and have children are. But Twitter's a mess. It's just like... People are retweeting her and, yeah, come on, Uber. Uber's responding and it's just like, cut it out. Like, what? Are you serious? 
Like you're responding to this person. But yeah, these these white women, like it just I just never underestimating. I mean, you know, so many people in this city that it's like, you know, every day somebody did joke that, you know, the random acts of violence keep our rent down because it it would be it's already high, it would be even higher if without the random acts of violence. And it's like, yeah, man, it is kind of crazy. I remember there was a man in Times Square with a meat cleaver. Or was it a tenderizer? But a meat cleaver or a tenderizer? I think it was the tenderizer. And he was just hitting people in the head with it. And I think the cops did shoot him and get him up out of here. But All right. What else did I want to tell y'all? Oh, we got some good hoops coming on. Some good basketball coming on tonight. We got the Nets versus the Cavs, which... I want to say the Nets going to take it. Cause, and I mean, it's crazy because this is the play-in tournament. I want to say the Nets going to take it because, because they've got the better talent. But Cleveland just can send bodies at you and they're long. They got and They got Jared Allen. They got the rookie. Uh, what's his name? Mobley. And they're long. So it's like the three of them. Probably going to do a little something with KD, you know, and he's long just like they are. And, uh, then, you know, they got bodies, like I said, you know, Garland and all them. Sexton's hurt. They got Karis LeVert over there they took from my Pacers. So they got some they got some firepower over there. So we're going to see if star power wins out. It usually wins out in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Nets and a well-rested Kyrie. Like I said, that's probably the... um. The um, what did I want to say? I almost said Achilles heel, but I know that's the wrong word that I'm looking for. But the uh, I guess the caveat to or the good thing about Kyrie being banned from half the games was he is healthy because he's usually banged up around this time. But the boy can ball. It's world be free time when the boy gets loose out there. I was just telling somebody he everybody wants to call him a smaller Kobe. And I'm like, nah, go watch world be free that play for the Sixers, man. And you'll be like, yo, the fro, the style, everything. He's his size. Kyrie's, I think, a little better, but 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 you know, yeah, that's who he reminds me of, which world be flat. I guess that's what you could call him. <laughs> world be flat. Anyway, I, I, I think the Nets will take it. I don't think Cleveland has the experience. They do have the bodies, though. I think KD and them probably hungry to prove, you know, hey, this whole thing wasn't a failure. Trying to make it to see Harden. Then you got the Clippers and T-Wolves, which the T-Wolves, they got it together towards the second half of this season. And I mean, it's crazy because if you told most people that the Lakers would miss the playoffs and the Clippers would make it without Paul George or Kawhi for most of the season, you'd be like, nah, bro, you you tripping. But yeah, that's what's happened. And obviously, uh, Frank Vogel had to take the blame. So the coach got fired and. He's better than me because I would have straight up said, hey, man, it ain't my fault AD ain't healthy. Blame it on the milk. The milking in L.A. must not be keeping his bones right. And then obviously picking up Westbrook, which people keep. There's some sort of mock trade with uh, my Pacers sending Brogdon and healed off for Westbrook. And I ain't going to say I'm against it, but I don't think that's the move we need to make right now. Like, let's let Russ have another season to get his head together. And it's crazy. Russ makes more than LeBron. I think 47 mil. 
And LeBron makes 44, so you go, oh, shit. I know the boy an MVP, but hey, who wrote this contract? But uh, anyway, so yeah, you got Clippers and T-Wolves, and the T-Wolves made the playoffs. Well, they made the play-in for the first time since, second time since KG left. So all you people that want to trade the superstar and tank, note that Minnesota hasn't made it really since. KG left. Uh, Phoenix just started making it since they traded Nash and Stoudemire. You know, all that. And, I mean, Detroit's been in shambles ever since they went to five straight Easter Conference Finals with uh, Rip and uh, Chauncey and them and Juan Ben Wallace, Rasheed, all of them. Tayshaun Prince, they traded for Iverson back in the day, and they've been horrible for 12 straight years. And as I often bring up, Philly when they pulled the plug and started this process mess or nonsense, you know, it was Drew Holiday and Andre Iguodala who both won championships elsewhere, multiples. And Drew might win another one this year with Milwaukee, which they're so underrated. People aren't even mentioning them. And it's like, yo, Giannis destroyed y'all last year in the finals, four straight wins, which I'm nervous for Phoenix because they didn't get better. That I'm like, you got to add something. You don't just come back after losing in the finals with the same roster. There's very few teams I can think of that did that. Even when the Lakers and Celtics met those two straight years, would have been three years if KG doesn't break his leg, by the way. I think, oh, what happened? Okay, they played the first one and the Celtics won. And then Kobe showed up again with Andrew Bynum this time. Next to Pau Gasol, because Bynum was hurt the year before. And the front line, the Celtics, Kendrick Perkins, KG, was too much for him. That front line was huge. And, yeah, they were just too much. Out re- rebounding, out toughing, and they were smacking Powell around the two of them. And then once he had Bynum and they could bully a little more, Kobe won. So, And then the next year, KG breaks his leg, and then Kobe plays the Dwight Howard one that will never forgive Dwight for ruining the Kobe versus LeBron finals by sending LeBron home in the ECF. <laughs> it's so crazy because it's like, man, I remember motherfuckers had magazines, T-shirts printed. Everyone was so sure the Cavs were going to beat the Magic that year. And I mean, I think the Cavs were the number one team in the East. So, And then Dwight just clogged them lanes. Hito Turkoglu start hitting shots. Rashad Lewis start hitting shots. Fucking Jameer Nelson hitting shots. So, I mean, it's happened. I mean, we gonna see tonight. Clippers got the experience. Paul George is back. You know, and they went pretty far last year, even though Kawhi got hurt down the stretch. So, you wish Kawhi would be playing, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, I, Minnesota, first time since KG. Well, the Jimmy Butler year is the one exception. Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler, and them got in the playoffs and got smacked around. But So, it's been a long time for Minnesota. So, you got to be rooting for them a little as the young upstart. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards over there. Patrick Beverly coming back to play against the Clippers that he used to be on the team. So that's going to be interesting to see, but got some good hoops. I'm going to have me a little drink. 
maybe find me some wings, you know what I'm saying, and just kick back my feet and watch up, watch the playing, man. It's, people got to earn it now. It's interesting. I, I feel like life should be like that. I, I think I've said before on here, I think comedy is a little too nice. It's like, nah, some of y'all need to be get whooped and be sent home for the summer and have to live with that embarrassment, which, you know, I've mentioned several times on this podcast, uh, Caroline's used to do the March Madness tournament and, you know, that was how it worked bracket style and some people had to take that L and go home. And it's like, yeah, man, that's (laughs) nothing to make you work on your set more than that person beat me because we like to, oh, I'm an artist and it's all open to interpretation and no one's set was actually better than anybody's. And it's like, nah, sometimes somebody kicked your ass on a show straight up. Forget all that art form, artsy fartsy, uh, liberal arts college crap. We're all, you know, different and it's we're all different in our own ways. Nah, some of y'all trash. Some of y'all deserve to be treated like the uh, Houston Rockets was treated this year. Which that's the interesting conversation. I'm obviously rooting for MB to win MVP. Jokic has been nice. And I mean, he's done that without Maga Porter Jr. And done that without Jamal Murray. So you gotta, Jokic, I... I ain't gonna lie, I be hating a little bit on these white players, but man, Joker, I seen a play the other night where he took a rebound and took it all the way down the court, full court, and dropped a dime to somebody for a three. And I said, yeah, Jokic is damn near a big white magic. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, right? But yeah, Jokic is amazing and consistent and, you know, still led his team. And Embiid, obviously, without Ben Simmons. I wish there was an East and West MVP like in baseball because every year there's two guys who deserve it. You know, and I mean, I mention this every time I speak, but Kobe only having one and Shaq only having one is fucking criminal. While uh, Steve Nash is running around with two of them. And it's like, come on, dog. No championships. It's a regular season award, Phil. Ah, shut the fuck up. Playoffs matter when it's real. But yeah, man, I'm I'm rooting for Harden and Embiid. I want Harden to get off the snide there and people to stop, you know, with the because the people try to well say he's an empty stat guy. And it's like, bro, the Rockets were at the top of their division every year and made it to the Western Conference Finals. The uh, Josh Smith year, <laughs> Josh Smith just joins the team, I think, like in he joins the team in like March and just. It's just helped them, you know. I think that was the year he went from Atlanta to Detroit, got bought out of Detroit, and then was a free agent. And then late in the season, the Rockets picked him up, and he just got hot hitting threes against the Clippers. That was the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin Clippers. And, yeah, he just was cooking. And, I mean, they they blaming Doc Rivers to this day for that loss. (laughs) Like, Doc, what the hell? And it's like, hey, man. Loved the Clippers team, but they didn't have that one guy that could just score. And, I mean, CP is a great leader. We're not undermining CP, and Blake was was great for the time. But you you sometimes need that guy that you can just hand the ball to and he can get you, you know, some buckets. Think, uh, what's my man off the bench in Utah? Clarkson. That is like, boy, get some buckets and get to cooking. And every I think every championship team – 
kind of has that guy. It's like Middleton for for uh, Milwaukee, you know, that, you know, he ain't sexy. He doesn't dunk on nobody or cross nobody up, but he gets buckets, little fadeaways and stuff. He reminds me a little of Jamal Masburn. I think Masburn had probably a better handle, but he's got some uh, big dog, Glenn Robinson, Jamal Masburn is Paul Pierce's to his game. It's nothing, nothing sexy, but he he hits the shots he's supposed to hit and can make some threes. And it's kind of tall and lanky, Middleton. And I mean, maybe that's why the Bucks don't get talked about much. They got the swag of you know librarians, the three of them. But but yeah, Milwaukee's underrated. The other team nobody's talking about is Miami, and I am quietly rooting for Oladipo over there because. He's kind of weapon next off the bench. Like I was talking about uh, Josh Smith coming to the Rockets. He, uh, he uh, you know, got signed a one-year minimum and really just started playing like a month ago. So he's got fresh legs. And, I mean, you wonder about how he's going to bounce back. I saw a play where he took off and dunked it. And you like, oh, shit, which that's also how he got hurt. The boy needs to do some layups sometimes to save his legs, but he's got fresh legs, Harrow off that bench, and they're still kind of, you know, everybody's putting the asterisks beside them making the finals, and they've got some depth. Jimmy Butler's always got a chip on his shoulder. Harrow seems to have one, too. And you got Lowry, he's tough. Bam. They're they're an interesting team over there, but we're going to see, man. I think P.J. Tucker's over there, so... And Tucker won a chip last year with, with Milwaukee. So, yeah, they've got some experience. They're interesting. But like I said, ultimately, my team is out of it. I'm rooting for Philly and hoping Maxi can get the MIP, maybe most improved player. Everybody's been saying it goes to John Morant. But I'm like, ah, he's the number two pick in the draft. This is who we expected him to be. Give it to Maxi or Jordan Poole for Golden State. And that's the other storyline is. Golden State trying to get back out there. Who do they got in the first round? Golden State's got a shit slipping my mind. I think they got Denver, which is going to be a good series. I'm looking forward to. So anyway, let me shut the fuck up with the hoops talk. Uh, Well, what else did I want to cover? I guess I just named some dates. Uh, What do I got? I got Fat Black Pussycat next Monday. So I'm there. And I got Go Bananas on next weekend. Next weekend. Not this coming weekend, but next weekend I'm at Bananas in New Jersey with Alonzo Bowden featuring. And I think that's the only couple dates I can remember right now. Oh, I think I got Tiny Cupboard this weekend. So Tiny Cupboard Saturday. But y'all know to stay posted. Look at my page. That's where I post the dates at. And uh, whatever. Y'all have fun. Be safe out here, you know. I know this is the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast, and we talk tough a lot, but we we don't condone violence. We condone shooting the fair one, not people getting on trains and shooting. So y'all be safe, man, and don't be out here whining about no damn Uber prices. It ain't always about you, Karen. Thanks for listening. Like, share, subscribe, everybody.